Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. I am deeply excited and also really inspired by today's conversation with one of our members, Ashriel Huber. So Ashriel is the executive director at A Child's Touch, which is a preschool in Thornton, Colorado. And she and I met in a super fun way at a conference uh, a long time ago, back in December of 2022. And we met at a cocktail bar uh, when she had complimented my hair. And then we got into a long conversation, uh, which turned into her uh, really just appreciating everything that we were talking about in Schools of Excellence and eventually joining the program. So this is a super fun conversation. Uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of insight, and a lot of raw truth, um, really speaking to the truth and honesty of her experience um, and her journey as a school leader. Some of the biggest takeaways uh, that she's had over the last couple months and some of the biggest insights from today's conversation is how Ashrael has really been able to utilize the tools and the resources for the different seasons of her school, of her school, um, the staff meetings, the parent-teacher conferences, just all these different frameworks that she's been utilizing, the six performance keys, the goal setting for staff room management, for up-leveling her administrative team. She's had growth in so many different areas. Um, you'll get to listen to how her accountant actually noticed her massive shift shift inside of herself. So all in all, this is just a great conversation that's really inspiring and had me pausing and many different moments because I just had just that moments of like, wow, this is incredible. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Ashriel. So when did you first join Owners HQ? Do you remember what month that was in and like what, what was going on at that time? Oh, I do. It was the month of December. It was early on. I was at a shift conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I noticed your hair, all those things snowballed and <laughs> end of the conference there I was. I'm part of the, part of the family. 
Yes, yes. So I remember we were standing in that very crowded, very cold, very cold for me cocktail room. And then you were standing next to another uh, mutual friend of ours who was a member actually in the program at the time. And you were commenting on my hair. Um, And so we had a whole conversation about that and earplugs and all the things. Then we ended up chatting with your husband as well. And your mom, we had a brief conversation. I was walking you through the pyramid of excellence on a napkin. So I have very distinct memories of our initial conversation that we had together. So when we first got together and we were talking about work-life harmony and how many hours you're working and and all of that. Tell me a little bit about what was going on at that time. How many hours were you working? What was happening with family? Like, why were you excited about joining this program? I was really excited because I felt stuck. I am a second generation legacy owner, whatever you want to put that out, whatever stamp you want to put on that. But for me, I felt stuck. I was down in the office. I wasn't really sure what I should be doing, what my position was. So I got some clarification that trip of kind of what my role was moving forward. So that was great. But then it's kind of like, okay, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. And how do I do it well? Because, you know, that that is a legacy. I want to go on and, you know, make the founders proud, you know, and have this be an incredible center where we can minister to more and more children and staff. So it felt like a lot. And we had some people leaving an admin who were key people. So it kind of felt overwhelming. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to approach this? Um, so many things in the center were going well, but there was also so many things that needed attention and processes and, and just mm-hmm. structures. And it needed someone to come in and be like, okay, we're doing this and this is how we're going to do it. And I wasn't there yet. So at the conference, it was kind of like, I had already in my head had this, this map. It was like, okay, here's Ash. And yep, she's going to be sitting in this little office forever. And she's going to be doing the same thing forever. And it's going to always just go, okay. And there we've got the trajectory. And then I got there and it felt like this mindset moment. It was kind of like, okay, I'm moving offices. I'm going a different direction. I'm not doing the day-to-day stuff. I'm not focusing on this. There are other things I need to be working on that nobody else can do. And that was kind of like that aha wake up moment. Like you were looking at me in the eyes and you're like, Ash, okay, you're doing jobs that, you know, maybe somebody who's making this amount an hour or this amount an hour would be doing. And no one's doing this that, you know, costs this amount an hour. So that's just getting left there. So I'm going, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So for me, it was just that very freeing experience of I don't have to stay in the stuck. There are ways to get out of it and move forward. And maybe it doesn't always go as fast as I want or look how I want it, but it's progression and it's going one step farther. And that was huge. And that was just that big mindset shift of just, it doesn't have to look like this. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. I remember the... The way that your body shifted when you started to talk about the literacy program and you started to talk about these big dreams and ambitions that you had for the center. And when you spoke about it, like your whole face lit up, but there was also this like slight pain in the back end of like, is that is is this ever going to be a reality? Is this something that I can ever even tackle? So I remember that conversation is again, like you were saying, just being that freeing moment for you to see that there's, you know, other other things that you could look at other opportunities. So when you look at your biggest challenges of time, um, because again, in foundations, you know, one of the first things that we work on inside of the program is the mindset, the time and the culture. So what did your time look like when you first joined? And tell us a little bit about what your time looks like now, but first what it looked like then. Okay. So little caveat there, it is still in transition. I'm still working on finding that balance. It was very much, we were, you know, kind of felt like we're living at the center. We still have two littles. So they're gracious little ones. Um, They Mm -hmm. hang out there with us. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like, you know, school ends at six, but we're there till 630 every night, 645, taking our crew, headed home. And I always felt like 
I had to give more. I had to show all the staff there. Yep, I'm there when we open. I'm there when we close. I am here. You can you can count on that. I felt like that had to be me. Mm-hmm. And, and getting into a new space and going through the schools of excellence, I was like, you know what? It doesn't have to be me. In fact, it really shouldn't be me. And yes. that was really huge to learn and come away with is that my time has to look a little different. So now I've got mornings where, you know, on Mondays when we have the coaching calls, I'll stay at home and do the coaching call and then go into work after. And I'm like, oh, this is a treat. This is amazing. Um, and it just kind of helps me start the day off how I want it to start off. And still working on my endings, but I will say the, the small progression I've made there is, you know, maybe at like 5.30, 5.45, I'll start winding down and like wrapping up and getting stuff ready and prepared for the next day. So that way it's yeah. kind of like my cue, like I'm done. I'd like to be, you know, a little better in that area, but you know, I, I love, I love that. I love that. And I love that you recognize that there was more to life than staying in the center till 6.30. And while your kids were, you know, are accommodating to it and they're fine with it, eventually they're not going to be, right? They soon start to grow into, and you know, they have after school activities, they're going to want this and you guys want to travel more. So there's all these other dreams and goals and we can't hit them unless we start to really plant those seeds and that trajectory moving forward. So I love that you started to put your stake in the ground when it comes to that. Tell me a little bit about the limiting beliefs. I know that that's always a big shift that happens. Um, we have the six limiting beliefs training that are the common six beliefs that most owners and operators, directors believe about themselves. Which one was true for you at the time? And what are you, I guess, slowly trying to dismantle um, throughout your time uh, in the program? I think out of all the limiting beliefs, kind of the one that maybe came up, it's probably very typical for many people. It's just that I wasn't enough. You know, they talk about not smart enough, not X, Y, Z enough, all of those things, but just that I wouldn't be enough to, to fill that role and do it in a way that just commanded excellence and that really met people where they were at that made a difference in, in a tangible way. So it's kind of like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, you know, you have that, that imposter syndrome where you go, maybe, maybe I don't have it. I'm not smart enough. But then it's that stepping back to realize if I'm thinking that, that's a, that is a limiting belief. I'm saying that I am not good enough or smart enough, then you know what? I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not going to be smart enough because I put my limits there. And then I have to take that away. And I have to say, you know what? I'm not there yet, but I will get there. So maybe I'm not the most organized person yet, but I am making steps to get to that point. I may not have the best processes yet, but I can make steps. And then it was really empowering for me to sit back and go, okay, you know what, Ash? Sure, you're not the youngest person in the room, but you're now, you know, you're not circling the circling the drain or anything like that. So <laughs> you need to keep learning. You have to keep learning. Every person that came before me with like their super smart little hats on and you know, walking with their little swagger, they went through this. They had to learn the hard way. They had to go yeah. through the hard. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Ash, you can get there. You can. <laughs> you just get in your work. And it doesn't mean you're not good, not strong enough, you're not yada yada yada. I just need to buckle down and do the work, which means like those habits of just getting into the continual play of it and not looking up to see what people are saying. Oh, do you like it? No, no, it doesn't really matter. I just keep going. I, I love that, right? Because that's where real confidence comes from. Confidence comes from keeping your head down, doing the work, rewarding yourself with feedback, not constantly double checking. Does everyone like me? So you've also let go of so many people pleasing tendencies and all of these things that just cripple us um, yes. slowly, but surely, right? It's a process. Everything is a process in that way. So I know that when um, you first joined, one of the first uh, like action steps that we have is to start with gratitude and writing those cards and starting to connect with staff. Tell us a little bit about your experience as you started to work through the gratitude matrix. I think the gratitude matrix, the big thing it does is it just makes it a priority. It just says, I mean, in our 
I think we all know, of course, you have to extend gratitude. You have to do yada, yada. We can go into the whole science of we know that gratitude like changes your brain when you express it and you do all that stuff. And it's amazing. But at the end of the day, we don't make time for it. So it's great to have all that knowledge without action. So that made me do it. Like, I mean, I could sit back for years and say, yeah, I know I should write cards and do the things, but I don't. So that was kind of like, you know what? You know what to do and you're not doing it. Put it on the calendar, make it happen. And it's been fantastic because even though it hasn't been perfect, it has been better than it was. And it's been on the schedule and it starts to happen. And I even for payroll, when a new staff member starts, I've got like a whole thing of new staff cards and I got these like little kind of cheesy keychains, but that says, you know, you make a difference. And so little thing. I'm like, you know, welcome to the team. You know, I go, and it's something that I, when I go get to meet them, I get to go hand it to them. It's that exchange that oxycodone. We're like, Hey, here you go. Yes, and they're like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so it makes a huge difference and it's such a small part of my day. But so I do have to thank you guys for, you know, taking the knowledge that we all have and being like the little kick in the butt, like just yes. do it, Put it yes. on your counter and make it happen. I love that. I love how you embrace the foundations, like the mindset, the time and the gratitude is such a core component of how you operate in your day, because it is so much about habits, right? So much of any part of success is the consistency, doing it habitually, doing it in, in, you know, the right routine, the right rituals um, associated with it. So I would love to hear, do you feel any difference in the culture now that it has become something that's more habitual and something that you're more consistent with? Okay, that's kind of a funny one because it's it's balanced by two things. So, okay. yeah, I think they are absolutely noticing the gratitude, and and I think it's they're re, they're responding to it in a really positive way. On the other hand, we are holding them accountable for a few more things um, as we move forward in the program. So it's kind of like that balance. Oh, they're noticing, and I can't do that. And oh yeah, they <laughs> for the things I'm doing well. So yes. you know, good, good. No, but also again. As you've embraced accountability, it's a lot less scary to hold people accountable when you have emotional, you know, bank with them. Yes. Tell us about that. Okay. That one's okay. Yes. When you have that emotional bank, when you already have that tie, it's easier to come alongside and be like, hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, your little one's doing this over here. So make sure when you're standing in the room, turn your, your body towards them so you can, you know, mm-hmm, scan the room. Mm-hmm. Easier to just jump in and just say that quickly instead of like, oh, I don't really know this person. We don't have this relationship, but I'm going in and being like, well, you're kind of sucking at your job. I just need you to face that direction. <laughs> the conversation, which is huge for me. Yes. Yes. And I will say this is key for emotional resiliency. I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. I was that girl, maybe like a few years ago that if something really dramatic happened, especially with someone that I was close relationally with at the center, it would pull me down. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would, I would tank because I'm a little more empathetic than I would like in life to try and hide a little bit, but the empathy piece would just tank me. And so right now we have an administrator who's maybe should not be an administrator. We're sh- still sussing that out as we will. Mm-hmm. She was also a very close friend. So in my journey, it's kind of like, I've been okay because I've been able to separate the fact that relationally I care for this individual, but professionally she's not doing what she needs to be doing within the admin team and she's hurting the culture and she doesn't understand yes. this. Yes. But I'm coming home thinking about it. It's not racing through my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, my, you know, my staff member, I love her so much. I can't believe we're doing this, but no, this is what needs to be done because this is being kind. As you like to say, it's being kind, not nice. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, it's so interesting because we look at these things as small things, but when you are not ruminating over a teacher, when you come home, that is a different quality of life. That is a different marriage. You are a different parent. Like 
You're a different person when you don't carry all that emotional banking, you know, all that emotional drama with you. I remember when I first, uh, this is such a side point, but it's it's perfect to tell the story right here. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told this publicly. So when I first started working with clients one-on-one, um, I remember getting on the phone with a couple because they, you know, they they worked on, in the school together. And I asked, um, I asked her husband, like, what's your biggest complaint? And he's like, I feel like the teachers are always in my bedroom. Like, I feel like every time, like, we go to sleep, like, all the teachers are here. Like my wife just talks about everything. And like all the teachers are in the bedroom. And so I was just like laughing. And then like a couple months later, as we started to work on accountability, he sent me a text message one night. He's like, thanks for kicking all the teachers out of my bed. And I'm like, you're welcome. Glad I could help. (laughs) I know, glad I can help. But it's, it's, it's perfect just to context here. What you're saying is that you don't bring all the drama home. Um, and it does make a difference. It really does. And, and our quality of life and our mental acuity impacts the business the next day. It really, really does. So I love that for you. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your experience as you have started to do one-on-ones um, with staff and getting to know them better. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Okay, well, then that one we'd have to rewind real quick to say that we are a large center. So one-on-ones for me are like Everest. It's I will never have one-on-ones with my entire staff. It just will not happen. We tried to come at it from different approaches, not there. But our workaround of what we're going to do, and I've already started doing it with my managers. So we opened up some manager positions because that was part of my delegation, things that I I can't do anymore that still need to be done, but someone can do it better. So with our manager positions, that's been helpful, but then they come up and they just, they'll do like a one-on-one a month. So we'll just go over what their job responsibilities were. What have they fixed? What have they worked on? What's going well? Anything that I need to know about all of those things we just, that's been great for the accountability piece. And I feel like I've gotten to know them better, but I do want to change the approach a little bit. So we're coming back into school year. Our team leads just applied. We're going to send out the information. Yes, you need it. And you know, next week, all that fun stuff. Um, but I want to do, and I've already put it in their, their job description, monthly one-on-ones with my team leads. So I'm very excited to kind of, and I'll explain to them, you know, this is going to look like kind of a similar process every time we want to end it with these different questions. Um, but this is our time for us to really kind of get to know each other and also to see what's going well, what's not going well and how we can help you better in your job. I love that. I love that. Like, I think this is so great and such a great for anyone who's listening here is, so much of the content that we teach inside of the schools of excellence in the program, it's not meant to be followed exactly to the T. It's there as a bouncing board for, okay, this is an important concept that I want to bring into my center. How am I going to make this work for me? With my you know, infrastructure, with the way my business is set up, how can I make this work? So I love that you took the time to make this your own, took the time to figure out how am I going to make this work for me and not feeling constrained with, well, I can't do it exactly how Hani presented it. So that's out with the, you know, out with the wind and I'm never going to do that. So it, no, it just really shows on your, your own emotional maturity, your own intelligence and how you understand how to use training and content to make your school a school of excellence. So I so appreciate the way you, you use that. Gosh, I'm just going to take that compliment and run with it. Yes. And I'm I'm excited. I'm hoping our team leads. um, And again, that conversation will come around with them, but maybe they will start moving on when they have time to have one-on-ones with their staff to kind of perpetuate that cycle and just, we'll just all connect. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then, you know, I'll um, definitely after this conversation, I want to 
I want you to dig into like culture of promotion and some of the content that we have on like how to have those conversations with staff so we could start planting seeds for who's ready for more responsibility, who's ready for that next level growth um, so that we're tracking that. Because some people need the invitation, but only months later, are they ready for like, you know, that thing that we spoke about like six months ago, I think we're ready for that, right? So how to start planting those seeds in advance. So I'm going to definitely get that to you. Okay, let's talk about delegation the big monster. So when you uh, first uh, heard of the concept uh, that we talk a lot about, about delegating the delegation dip, what were your hesitations about delegating? What were your hesitations about just letting certain things go? And how has that been feeling since? Well, I think we can jump on the same bad as everyone saying they're not going to do it as well. Or, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, it's not going to look how I want it to look. And that's yeah, always yeah. the hard part. Our little micromanaging brains were like, no, no, I can do it better. But for me, it was getting to the point of, okay, maybe I can do it better. But honestly, I can't. Because if I start doing this and this and this and this and this and this, I am just spreading so thin that really, let's say maybe I'm amazing at this one thing, but I'm spread so thin by the time I get to it, I'm already against doing it because I don't want to be there. I don't want to do it. And I'm not putting in the time I need to that because I, I don't have it. So I just don't do it. So even though I feel like I'm really better at it, I'm not because if I kind of hold all those things, I've noticed that <laughs> things start to drop or the ones that I'm holding start to look a little, you know, a little squidgy. I don't really want to hold them anymore. So better to pass them along. So for me, it's scary still. There's certain ones that I still struggle with more than others. And mm -hmm. for me, it's the how to delegate well. So yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm learning and I'll give yeah. you some some lovely kudos because, you know, I just uh, sat with my new media manager yesterday and I was like, you know what? I know for delegating, I need to over, you know, explain everything. I need to give more information. I need to have feedback. I need check-ins. I was like, okay, I can do this. So I typed up my whole little sheet of paper. Yes. We sat down together. I gave her my little, you know, my little gift with my scripture. I was like, you just take this and run with it. But then we met and all the expectations. And I was like, oh, that went so good. She went off like running. She's like, yes, I can do this. She felt empowered. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like it was a great moment. So it's good. I love it. I love it. Again, I the pattern that I'm noticing with you, Astral, is just how you take the information and make it make sense for where you need it to make sense. Like using the sheet, using the delegation, like you're just, you're a great, uh, you're a great consumer of the content and the program um, and using it to your benefit. So I know I've said that, but I, I'll, I said it again. So, well, you're so, as long as you find the like mix and match and I put things here and exactly, exactly that. So I'm thankful for that. Make it make sense for you. So there's so many different aspects of the program, right? There's coaching, there's training, there's community, there's strategic advisory, there's, um, you know, our guest advisory board, there's all, there's, there's events. We'll talk about the event in a minute. There's all these different things. I would love to hear from you. You know, what were some of the, what are some of the aspects of the program that you're most enjoying um, and that you utilize the most? For me, I'm kind of like, when I want it, I want it now. So <laughs> I, I tend to find myself using a lot of the actual online program portion. Yeah. If you look through my thing, I've gone through every single, you know, course. I haven't finished most of them, but I've gone through them because I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to focus on this today. So I'm very much, if I'm focusing and this is my, my intent, mm -hmm. my purpose today, mm -hmm. surround myself with content that I can just consume that will help me right. in that so I will do that with the, the schools of excellence. I'll go like, oh, you know what? We've got staff meetings that are coming up for school year. I need to train the staff on this. I'm going to go through that 
April and find that section, start training on that, getting the worksheets on that. And then I roll and go out with that one. So I love the online piece, just being able to go, what do I need to work on today? Where am I putting my attention? I can go find like support material that directly speaks to what I need. And that's huge because otherwise that means I'm looking through books. I'm looking through, you know, online sites, but all of it's right there specifically towards what I need and it's ready to roll out and put into play. And I love um, the coaching, I love the Monday ones because makes, you know, it makes me have a little habit and I just get to sit down and create that little moment for myself, which I love. Um, yeah. So I love Monday ones on that one. It kind of just gets me in that, that moment. And it's really beautiful because there's a, there's another uh, podcaster and she does like a weekly uh, newsletter. So I use that and I send that out to my staff. So they get their own mindset Monday and it just kind of ripples. Amazing. The coaching I do, I, I tend to, f- struggle finding the times to get on like at the right times I don't know if it's the mountain standard or me just yep. not in the the emphasis that I need to but sometimes I struggle to get on the coaching calls as much as I'd like to mm-hmm. um, like I said, it's, I'm on that instant moment so mm-hmm. when I get on them I, I really enjoy them and I really enjoy going through the podcast and finding all the trainings that are so purposed towards very specific things I love that I love that and and you know it's so interesting because the program has so many different elements, right? Like you were saying, you know, the training, there's coaching, there's community, there's the strategic advisor on Monday. And the reason we have so much is because different people learn in different ways, consume content in different ways. And in different seasons, you're going to want different things. And so right now you're in a season where the training is like the most valuable thing for you. And that's what you're digging in and consuming the most. And then you might, you know, find yourself in a future season where the coaching is going to be the most valuable component for you, where you're going to want to get every, you know, ounce of coaching in it. And just respecting and honoring where you are and what you need and knowing that the program can offer you depending on where you are, like it, it has what it needs for you. That's what gives the respite of being part of community. Um, so I love that for you. Tell us about your experience at the event. Is that your first event? Now, I know you've been to the shift conference, so you've been to other childcare events before, but would love to hear your experience of, you know, why you decided to come to the event. Um, and, you know, what were you, what, how did that impact your experience um, in the program and your results? Okay, my takeaway might have been different than than some people because when I went there, the reason I wanted to go, and I was so excited for it too, I wanted to get better. I wanted to grow. I was so excited to be surrounded by people that were on the same path as as I was. Because when you get into that growth mindset and you just want to learn as much as you can and then put it into practice, you want to be surrounded by people like that because you're all going towards the same thing. And you know, when you fail, you're like, oh, we failed miserably together. And then when we succeed, we we hold hands, we go forward. It's great. And I Mm -hmm. love being surrounded by that. And I also love being surrounded by these amazing women. It was mostly women, I'm just gonna say. Yeah, one man. hearts, but not just these hearts, but this competency of like, you know, we want to show up as this big boss lady and and have this beautiful life that, that we've envisioned. And I just love that, that whole dynamic, because when I got there, I thought, you know what? It was that same unstuck moment. I don't have to be stuck in the same girl who spent, you know, like a decade going to the same, you know, I'm not going to say their name out loud, but certain conferences where I, you know, I learned how to do my call and respond. I learned how to do X, Y, Z. It was great for that season, but this felt like a new season of conferences where I have a different expectation and I want to come away with something different. So when I walked away from that conference, I had some really cool tools to you know throw in my toolbox, you know, bling them out. It was great. But more than that, I walked away saying, I feel different. I feel like a leader. I feel like someone who is supposed to be there, who is going towards something and I'm not in it alone. And I'm excited because we can change things. 
when you get that many people together, you can change the landscape of something. And ECE needs its landscape changed. It's It's got some issues. It's got some kinks. But I was so empowered and excited and hopeful when I looked at these women, when I say, you know what, there's a better way to reach kids. There's a better way to run a business. There's a better way to reach, you know, the children throughout the entire, you know, country. But it doesn't happen unless we get people all together in a group who can recognize the same thing that say, hey, we can do it better. Let's learn. Let's grow together. And then let's come back and see how it went and see how we can step up the next time. And I just loved it. I came home and I I, I couldn't really tell many people because they wouldn't quite get it. But I got it. And I was like, I told my bestie, I was like, you know, I just felt like a little bit different person when I walked away. And I liked it. I have chills and I just, I just want to like respect the moment of just how, like, that's the intention of our events is so much less of the content, even though I know everyone wants to walk away with, you know, tangible stuff, but I want people to feel different. I want you to walk away with something because then what you do with that feeling, that's 50 different people changing 50 different things in the industry because everyone's walking away with a different experience of how they shifted. Um, and that's the ripple effect. Like that is powerful transformation. So thank you for that. I'll, I accept and receive that. What surprised you most so far in being in the program? I know sometimes we come into a program with certain expectations, certain things that we want, but then we kind of have these interesting surprises of like, whoa, well, that was interesting that, you know, that happened. So and what, what were those for you? I would say it's, it's the people, it's the girls. I don't think I was expecting anything with this program that I would be maybe building connections with somebody else or, you know, maybe forming any sort of relationship, even though it's more professional this time, but the conference was amazing. Like I walked away from those girls, the story table, tale, uh, story table. That was the one that really just solidified it. I was like, we should probably all get matching bracelets, not just the necklaces and come up with like a champ because we were all now besties. Um, so that was a great, great program. You should probably do that for all of your events. Just saying it was great. Um, so I think I was just surprised that I would make some connections with like actual people. Um, and form those bonds that now it feels like, okay, when I go to this, you know, upcoming conference, there might be some girls that I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen you. Tell me about your center. Tell me how this went that we chatted about. Tell me about this. Like, I'm excited to see other people within the industry and, and really form relationships because, you know, they always talk about, you know, you're the summation of the five people you spend the time the most with. It's like, why not gather more people in our, in our little network pocket that, that are fabulous to be around that, that help you grow and help you look up instead of like look down. And so that's what I really was surprised at. I didn't think I'd find, you know, some people to make me feel a little less lonely in my pocket. So. I love that. I love that. Have you seen any impact on other people in your life as a result of being in the program? Have you seen impact just on the leadership team and your own personal relationships and your friendships? I know that I asked, I started asking this question a lot because it came up a lot as what people were surprised about of how being in the program impacted their financials or impacted their marriage or impacted their relationship with their parents. So I'm just curious, um, have you seen it impact other roles in your life or other roles in the business? In certain areas, I'll be honest, at the center, it's not like we have a big banner that says schools of excellence and, you know, we, we <laughs> talk about it every day part right. of vernacular or anything, um, right. but it was admin team, you know, they're, they're very much aware of it, but you know, for them, they would not maybe necessarily say, oh, what a warm welcome for this new program. I think for them, it's more like, oh, no, it's a new program. What does that mean for me? Um, this means change. Change is uncomfortable. Okay, my role may not look like. So mm -hmm. they have been open 
but hesitant because mm. they know it means change. So I have one side of like admin that's like, oh, oh Lordy, no, no, we're good. We've got our bedroom slippers on. We do not need to change anything. Like let's leave it status quo. And then I have the other side that's like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do something. We know it'll be a little uncomfortable, but let's change. Like, yeah, we can, let's focus on this. So it's kind of like bridging that a little bit. So I wouldn't say it was like positively ushered in, but it's necessary. So not everything that is necessary feels good. But I have a girl on the admin team who's come on. I've told you a little bit about her. She's amazing. Um, But she's very closely within the schools of excellence. So she loves it. Like she and I worked through, we did the six keys. We adore it. That life's so much easier. It's been great. So it's been interesting on the the work end. At the home end, I think my husband likes that there's somebody else aside from him that I can ask questions to. And he's not, you know, (laughs) the main source of my pondering. So that's probably lovely. him. Yes. I think... The best way I can put it is I went to go meet our accountant and she's, she works with us in payroll for certain things sometimes. And I went there and I went to go sit and do my things. And she goes, you know, she looked at me just for a moment. She goes, you just seem different. And I said, Oh, tell me about that. And she goes, I don't know. You just, you seem like you're ready to leave. And I said, okay, well that says so much to me. So I think maybe people are noticing that I feel a little bit more confident and a little bit more like, yeah, this is what we're doing and I'm ready. Isn't that amazing when an accountant who we don't see so often, but then when we do see them, they notice the shift in us because when we're more confident, we look different. Our face changes, our body changes, like we show up differently. So I, I love that someone else noticed that, right? Because that's a huge, huge shift. Um, Let's go back to the six performance keys. Tell us about how you're implementing that and how that's working. Even if you're just getting started, we'd just love to hear where you're holding with that. Oh, this one I've got. So what we started a couple of years ago is we have tribals. So we basically, let's say for ease of all of it, January, we meet, we sit down, we identify, okay, we use the six performance keys. This is an area you're just, we, they do their own assessment, of course, and then we do ours. And mm-hmm. then they'll come saying, okay, we, we noticed this, we had it this, and this is why we graded you this. So we've noticed this is maybe an area where you need some work. Um, this is an area, man, you're just doing amazing. So we'll talk with them about goals they may have, and then we'll talk about goals we have, and then we'll give them like three goals. So for example, our three goals that our staff got this round is one was a nature-based goal. So they have to be creative and find a way to bring nature in, go out for nature. One was a uh, play. They need to um, throughout the month, invite children to come play and then go invite themselves into children's play, work on how to interact with children. And then uh, one other one, so they'll go through the next three months. So February, March, April, and they'll be observed by our supervisor. How's it going? Come alongside, yada, yada. And then for that next month in May, they meet again. Okay, this is what went really well. This is what we noticed. Yes, you met your goals or, uh, and then we're going to, you get your raise. It's a 50 cent raise um, if they met their tribal goals and they were doing all the six keys. So if you're not working in the performance keys and, you know, meeting a certain level, then the raise is not there. You, you have to show up. Let's put it that way. Just get I to the love job. it. I love it. So you're really using it as not just for them to do better, you're using it as a performance metric, as a pay scale, okay. as raises. So that's fantastic. And and Sheila and a couple of other members have done that as well. They've really used. Ooh. Yeah, Sheila has a whole. Um, she actually did this while we were at the shift conference. Uh, she presented it live. So definitely go check it out. It's an up coach. Um, she did a we, they did a roundtable with a few other owners on how they. Um, how they do pay like raises and their pay scale. And Sheila's is designed around the six performance keys. No. Okay. I will go yes. find that. 
Yes, definitely, definitely. Or ask Michalina, like whoever, just get get access to it because it's a phenomenal conversation about how everyone's doing their pay scales. Um, And it's something that I love also about the membership, the insider shares, like where you get to actually hear what other leaders are doing inside of their organization and what's working for them, right? And how to make that your own. Yes, which, okay, if we can just pause that for just one minute to say, that is the other thing from going to the conference. Like I could honestly say, I went through something about five years ago at the center that was just demoralizing. It was just heartbreaking. It shouldn't have happened, but they just really, really cruel from the few staff members and going to this conference, I was looking around. I'm like, Oh, I'm not alone. Like I'm hearing all these stories of like, Oh yeah, these, and then it was able to kind of give us some separation. So it kind of took it from when you're by yourself and you go through something like that, you start to look inwardly and you're going, is it me? Is it me? Like, did I, what's wrong with me? Like, Mm -hmm. and then when you go, conference like that and you hear these other stories you start to separate and realize that within the workforce that sometimes there are going to be these moments of toxicity that are going to you know look like this and it's not because of you certainly that you can look back and reflect on things you can do better that's growth sure but it's not you it's not about you it's what this employee or employees did and hearing other people respond with their same things made you able to separate and say you know what here here we are here and this is what we're dealing with but it's not because of us. We just are in the position we have to respond to it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what your vision for the future is, maybe the next six to 12 months for, for your center. Six to 12 months, like it's a short time frame. I like that. It is. The next six to 12 months, I want to get really good systems in place. So we just need to establish a few things that are like, this is how it's done. And nope, this is how it's done. (laughs) So there's a few areas that as we go through the school year, that's going to be really key, like just finalizing our onboarding, making it amazing, and then not having to touch it too much going forward from that. It's working on our calendar system to make sure that we know when everything's happening within the school year, and then we have the prep time frame ahead of time and who's doing it so it doesn't get missed or lost. So that's my main area of focus. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I have one more question for you here as we wrap up this conversation, even though I have so many more things I'd love to jam with you on, but I want to be respectful of the time. So there's so many people that are listening to this um, or different people throughout, you know, their time and listening to the podcast that are considering joining schools of excellence that are thinking about it. They're interested. They're, you know, contemplating it. What would you tell someone who is considering joining the owner's program? I would tell them to ask themselves a question. Do they want to stay where they are in that exact moment? And if where they're at in that exact moment, is that what they want it to look like in the next six months, in the next year, in the next five years? If they are completely content with that picture and how it looks, you know what? Maybe it's not for them. But if they look at that and they go, you know what? I'm overwhelmed or I don't know how to do this or I wish I had people that understood me or I wish I just had that person I could call or I wish there was something in place that was best practice that I knew I could use and not have to go on a thousand searches, then I would say, you need to look into it. You need to have a conversation because it could be game changing for you because you could be in a whole different place from where you were at that moment. And that next year, you could be in a completely different place, but it wasn't by accident. It was by intention. You said, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be this person. I have the ability to change and I have people that want to go with me to do it. And then 
it looks a little different the next year, the next two years down the road. Ashriel, thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you for just really speaking truth to your story and your journey and how you've really utilized the program, but also how you've just made such a big difference in your life. So I'm just honored to have been able to be a part of that. So thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for having eye-catching hair and making this all happen. So appreciated. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Here's the thing. Every time that we listen to an inspirational story, to a inspirational just moment that we hear in someone else's life, and if something sparks inside of you and like, wow, that's inspiring. Wow, that's incredible. It's not just about the takeaway that you hold on that inspiration because inspiration is fleeting. It's about taking that moment of inspiration and saying, do I want to take action with it? What is going to motivate me to move forward? And if you have been listening to the podcast for any time now and you've appreciated our content, and I know so many people do, they go back, they re-listen to podcast episodes multiple times. Um throughout their car rides, their commutes, their, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. If you have been curious or thinking about joining our Owners HQ program, our Directors Inner Circle for any time now, this is your sign that it's time for you to apply. Get on a call, fill out an application. You and I will chat. We'll talk about if this is the right fit for you. Um, And I look forward to connecting with you. Make this year the year of transformation for you, your administrative team, your leaders, your staff, your family, your community, Everyone gets impacted by you up-leveling who you are as a leader. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.